0: Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. We're so glad you joined us today. It's our prayer that this message is a blessing and encouragement to your life. For a list of messages, to stream live services, and for updates about events and more info, visit lifechurchroa.org. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's this week's message Somebody say unpopular opinion. We got some unpopular opinions. Last week we started talking about some unpopular opinions in the church and in our world. And what we said was, is that last week we said there are people and and movies and all this stuff that tells you follow your heart. But scripture says something very different. Scripture says your heart's deceitful. Give it to God and follow him. That's what it says. If you missed last week, that's the gist of the message. Give your heart to him and follow him. Because your heart's going to lead you down a path that's going to lead eventually to destruction. With that, today we're going to talk about something that you and I don't always like to talk about. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go and get this out of your system, okay? I want you to look at somebody, and I want you to go, shh. I want you to remember that face. That of the person that did that to you. Okay, because here's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping by the end of this message, when you find yourself out and about and you're about to take part in gossip, that you see that face going. Shh. Okay, and you'll find out why as we progress into the message. Okay, here's the thing. Sometimes it can be annoying when we get shushed. Anybody love being shushed? No, nobody loves being shushed. Everybody hates being shushed. In fact, sometimes it's more of a distraction when we shush than it is with what was going on, right? Sometimes parents are really bad about this, especially in church. The kids are being a, just a tad bit loud. They're trying to like preach over me just a little bit. And instead of looking at the kid and giving the look, you know what I'm talking about? Sometimes we look at him and we're like, shh. It's so loud. We shush so loud. But there's a principle behind that. Right, We don't like it because we like control. See, unpopular opinion is that other people should be able to speak into our lives and bring some correction and bring some help in a loving and, and wonderful way. But we don't always like that. We're talking about these unpopular opinions, and before we jump into the one that we're going to talk about, I want what we're, what we're saying right now to kind of lead us into that conversation. We're going to talk about gossip today. Actually, we're going to talk about gossip for the next two weeks. Uh, because here's, here's, the, here's the reality of gossip and, and another unpopular opinion. <laughs> gossip has destructive potential and it makes it one of the most dangerous sins. Like a long forgotten landmine, gossip sits and waits for someone to release its destruction. It's waiting for pressure to be put on. Here's the problem. When you let off that pressure from the landmine, you might blow it up, but you're going to blow up with it. This is what happens when we find ourselves in cycles of sin and we find ourselves captured by these kinds of things. Instead of us taking captive every thought and every word and every action, it takes us captive and we can't move off of that thing. You remember last week I stepped into the mousetrap? trap. I, I, I can't step on a landmine to show this to you, but I want to up the ante a little bit today. Right? Because if I'm standing on a landmine, which I'm calling gossip, as soon as I move, it might blow up the people around me, but guess what? I'm gone too. It creates a problem in our lives because its destructive potential is so much larger than we give it credit for. We act like it's just us talking, and the problem is when we are truly gossiping, it's a heart problem. And so we're going to define gossip today, and then we're going to talk about ways that we can deny it access to our lives, and ways that we can defy its hold on our lives. Okay? Now, today specifically, we're talking about how we cannot speak gossip. Next week, we're going to talk about how we stop listening to it. This is so important to us and to this, to to people in general, not just the church, but the world, that I've broken it up into two parts because I want to make sure we get it all. Every time scripture talks about gossip, it's in a negative light. It's always destructive. It always has issues. And you might be thinking, well, pastor, what is gossip? We're going to get there. Okay, and you might listen. You might add a couple things. Here's the thing about scripture: scripture does not expressly tell us what gossip is. It talks a lot about gossip, and so we're gonna we're gonna define it based on what scripture says. The scripture doesn't give us one verse that says this is gossip. And like everything, this message, this as we talk about gossip, we've got to look. At the intention of our hearts. This is why we had to start with don't follow your heart, give it to God and follow him. Because our intentions matter when we talk. What we say, how we say it and why we're saying it makes a difference. When I choose to talk about someone, I've got to make sure that I'm holding them with the utmost care. Even if what I'm talking about is something that is hard to talk about so we're going to get into this today. I need you just to go along with me, all right? And allow the Holy Spirit to speak. Because i got to tell you, if, if this word hits you like it hit me, I sat, in, I sat in Starbucks working on this and just thinking, dear God, I need to go to the altar every day. Because I find myself wanting to follow my heart, especially as it pertains to how I talk about people, instead of handing it over to him and following him. So we're gonna jump into this. Go ahead and turn to the book of Colossians. That's where we've been since the beginning of this series. It's where we're gonna be at the end uh, at the, of the series. This book is rich with practical life help. Okay. Uh, Paul is in prison when he's writing this. He hasn't actually met these people. He is he has encountered the man who planted that church, has come to visit him in prison. The guy tells him all about the good things and the bad things that are happening in, uh, in the church there and, and, and with the Colossian people. And Paul writes a letter in response to that for him to take back. Okay, and that's what we're reading. We're reading Paul's response to the report of this church. And so go ahead and get to chapter 3 and we're going to start reading. we got a lot to read today. We're going to read all of it and then come back and explore it a little bit. Okay, so Colossians 3, 1 through 17 is where we're going to be. If you're there, say, I'm there. If you need a minute, say, slow down. All right, we're moving. Here we go. Since you've been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, Paul writes. Can you imagine being the guy coming back to read this, how exciting this part would be? Right? Right? He's probably standing up in front of the crowd. He's super excited. Man, I told him all the good stuff and some of the bad stuff. But listen to this. Since you've been raised to new life, you are no longer who you used to be. You are not that dead thing walking. You are resurrected. Come on. Y'all got to get excited about the Word of God. So set your sights on the reality of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, he says, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. Come on, I want want you to pay attention to that. You and I get to share in the glory of Christ, and we listen. I'll tell you a secret. Maybe it's gossip. I don't know. We'll figure it out by the end. You and I don't deserve that. We don't deserve it. Yet, here's what Paul's writing. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in His glory. That's verse 4. Let's keep going. So put to death the sinful, earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual morality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of the world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malice behavior, slander, and dirty language. I love this because there's so much wrapped up into that one verse. We're talking about gossip. It doesn't expressly say gossip, but it's every time gossip is mentioned, it's mixed in with these things. It's mixed in with anger, hatred. It's mixed in with murder. It's mixed in with greed. It says, don't lie to each other. For you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. I love this because this speaks to Paul speaking to them and and saying, look, you've got to become more like Christ. He's telling us every day with every step become more like Christ. Lay aside these things and become more like Christ. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn, he says, and in this new life, It doesn't matter if you're Jew or Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, he says, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts, for as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. And always be thankful. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Can you imagine Paul writing this from prison? (laughs) Telling these these people, let let the message about Christ and all its richness fill your whole life. Every every spot, every, every place in your life. And counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus. Giving thanks through him to God the Father. Now, I know that's a lot of scripture for today, and normally we go kind of verse by verse, but I wanted to get it all in because there's so much packed into this, and we're not going to get to it all. In fact, we're going to be here again next week as we kind of unpack all this. This is is a rich text. It's full of practical application. Last week, we talked about the myth of following your heart, and now instead of following our heart, we should guard our heart, give our heart, and, and really gauge where we are in our heart. Today we're going to explore gossip, and, and here's the unpopular opinion. Gossip is an all-too-common and extremely dangerous sin in the church and the world. Now, Why do we need to address this? Well, because it's one of, if not the most overlooked and justified sins in our lives. It's a weed that, if, if we allow it, will take root and plague us until there's no good fruit in our lives. Now, I realize that's heavy. I know that's a hard word. You might even say, well, it's just me talking. It's not really that big of a deal. Wrong. Scripture places gossip up there alongside murder, hate, and greed. Romans 1, 28 through 32 says, Since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God, He abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things that should never be done. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malice, behave, uh, malice behavior, and gossip. They're backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. They invent new ways of sinning, and they disobey their parents. They refuse to understand, break their promises, are heartless, and have no mercy. Ouch. Gossip's there with all of that. And so it's important that we talk about it. It's important that we know what it is. It's important that we acknowledge it, because the enemy will use it to his advantage. Right? Anybody? Don't raise your hand. Just think about it. You may have ever been hurt by gossip. Sure. Sure you ever hurt somebody with gossip? Yeah, absolutely, because it's so easy and the enemy can trick us into believing that we're not doing anything, that it's okay, we're just talking. We're talking about something we can't ignore. Even so, it's difficult to define gossip. Each one of us has our own idea of what it is. It's not always easy to recognize the moment when our small talk becomes sinful talk. You may be like me and wonder what makes gossip wrong? When is it wrong? Is it when it's said? Who says it? Who it's said to? Is it okay when I'm talking to my wife, my mom, my dad, my sister, my teacher, my brother? Is it okay when I'm asking for prayer for someone? Be nice if it Gossip came with a nice flashing sticker over somebody's head or a flashing sign over somebody's head, right? Wouldn't that be good? You're about to walk into gossip, right? That'd be great. Problem is, it doesn't do that. And and here's part of the reason, is because so much of it relies on the intent of our heart. So much of it relies on why we're sharing what we're sharing. And so today you may walk away from here and and, and you're going to need the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you in this because I'm going to give you a definition, but the reality is is that so much of what we're talking about today depends on you not following your heart, not following what you want to do, but relying on Him in the moment. I can't point that out enough. I I know I keep saying it. I want to make it clear. We have to. We have to walk with the Holy Spirit. That's why he came. Because if not, we're gonna find ourselves in things we should have never been mixed up in. We don't have the sign. So what is gossip? After all, Paul's telling us here in Colossians that we've been raised to new life and being raised to new life means we learn how to talk. You probably don't remember it, but when you were little, you were learning how to talk. In part because people around you were talking. You ever tried to learn a new language? It's really hard. It's really difficult to learn a new language. And I need it like the most basic level. So I need like somebody to hold the item and say the item's name. And then when you start getting into conjugating and things like that. eh, My mind don't work like that. it, It was hard. I've had four years of Spanish. And you know I can't speak a word of it in any real sentence because I have to be immersed in how to do it, right? And as children, we're immersed in language, and when we are reborn, we have to be immersed in the, langu- in, in the right type of language when we come to know Christ. We have to learn how to talk. We have to learn how to walk. The new me can't do those things the same way. It, it, it'd be like taking a shower after a long, hard day of work and then just putting the dirty clothes back on if we... If we don't change. It's gross. Okay? And so we're going to define gossip. You ready? We're going to define it through Scripture. I'm going to give you some verses. If you're taking notes, you can write it down. We're going to define gossip this way. Proverbs 18:8 8, and 26:22. This is so important that God put it in Proverbs twice. You ready? It says, the words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to the inmost parts. Parts. Now, choice morsels are tasty things that we want to devour quickly. They're things that we want to take in, right? Anybody like M&M's? Anybody remember the old Lay's commercial, Bet You Can't Eat Just One? Y'all remember that? I'm old enough to remember that. Okay, If if, if, if you're younger than me, you have no idea what I'm talking about. If you're older than me, you enjoyed the commercials with me. And there was this, there's there's this ad slogan that says, Bet you can't eat just one. And there's a bowl of potato chips. Think about it. If there's a bowl of potato chips out on the counter of your house late in the afternoon, right before dinner, you grab one, and then all of a sudden you really want to go back to the kitchen and grab another one. Come on. Right? Maybe for you it's not potato chips, maybe it's something else. I don't know. I use potato chips as the illustration because I really I thought about the ad. Bet you can't eat just one. And they, they made that for me. Because <laughs> I can't eat just one chip. And the problem with irresistible snacks is that they taste good going down. But if you don't stop, it'll ruin your dinner to make your stomach hurt. And gossip's a lot like that. It tastes good going down. But it has a lasting and poisonous effect on us. And the real things of God that we need to devour, we can't because there's no room and we're sick to our stomach. That's what gossip does. That's what, that's what Proverbs is saying here. It's choice morsels that are tasty. They're attractive. They're like donuts when you walk into church. You had no intention of eating cake when you came to church. But it's sitting there and you're going to eat one. You notice I didn't have donuts today because I knew I was going to say that. Didn't want anybody to feel bad. So what is sinful gossip? Well... In my studies for this, I came across a guy who is gonna give us a, a pretty solid scriptural definition. And it's simply this. Gossip, sinful gossip, is bearing bad news behind someone's back out of a bad heart. Bearing bad news. Do we have that slide? Oh, maybe. Sinful gossip Is bearing bad news behind someone's back out of a bad heart? And we're going to break that down. Okay? I need you to go with me here because we're going to get to the practical stuff in a minute. But we got to know what it is before we can start doing it. Bearing bad news behind someone's back out of a bad heart. So let's break it down. First, let's look at bearing bad news. The content of gossip is never neutral. Okay? It's never neutral. It's always bad news. Gossip is talking and a listening thing. It's sharing, communicating, and transmitting stories or secrets, both in the form of talking and listening. Proverbs says that gossip betrays a confidence, so avoid a man who talks too much. Proverbs 2019. Some are like, Pastor, you get up and talk every week. That's why I go the opposite way when I see you. (laughs) That isn't nice. But gossip betrays a confidence, so avoid a man who who talks too much. Proverbs goes on and says, Wrongdoers eagerly listen to gossip. Liars pay close attention to slander. That's Proverbs 17.4. Now there are three types of bad news. There's bad information. Don't raise your hand. You You ever been guilty of sharing bad information? I've been guilty of sharing bad information. This is lies. Sometimes purposeful, right? Sometimes just to make myself look better. Sometimes I didn't know I was sharing a lie, but I wasn't given permission to share it, so I, but I did it anyways. It's bad information. If you know it's not true, then it's slander, not gossip. If you do it knowingly, it's called slander. That's worse in our eyes. Bad information must be something you think is true, but really is not. Or it must be something unverifiable like a rumor or, I'm a rumor weed. Yeah? Y'all remember? When, rumor, when those things begin to take root and grow, they grow out of proportion. You can't, you can't control them. Any gardeners? Any gardeners? You know what I'm talking about. You get weeds in your garden, they're hard to control. Right? At some point, at some point, if you don't get them under control, you just have to let them grow. Because if not, you're going to cut down the other stuff. And that's, that becomes a problem because now we can't differentiate. We can't see what's true and what's not true. And so when we talk about this and we say bad news, the first type of bad news is bad information. The second type is bad news about someone. You ever felt good about telling people about something bad that happened to somebody else? Come on, I know we're all saved and we don't do that kind of stuff. But think about it. This is a part of what gossip is. The story being shared might be true and only about something bad that someone has done. And there's a myth about gossip that if it's true, it's not gossip. Can I tell you, gossip can be true. Okay? Sharing bad news about someone, that's part of this when we talk about bearing bad news. Proverbs says, a gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy man keeps a secret. There's a biblical phrase, anytime you see it in scripture, uh, it means that they're sharing bad news about someone. It says a bad report. Some translators, some translations kind of soften things. This is what happened. You remember Joseph whose brothers ended up selling him into slavery? It kind of all starts because Joseph is going and spying on his brothers and coming back to dad and saying, let me tell you what they're doing. (laughs) Let me tell you what's going on. He brings a bad report back. You mix that with the fact that he was his dad's favorite, his dad was giving him special gifts, and now all of a sudden his brothers are upset, his brothers are mad. And I'm not saying it's all Joseph's fault. They have their part to play in it too. But he was gossiping about his brothers. And it led to a really bad situation. If you don't know you need to go read It's a crazy story in Genesis. They want to kill him. And one of the brothers is like, ah, let's not kill him, let's sell him into slavery, thinking he's doing a good thing. And there's a whole long story about it, but it started with this bad report. Just because, church, you know something does not mean you have to talk about it. Bad news, shameful news, is usually a choice morsel. Right? It's what Proverbs is talking about. It feels feels great going down. Did you hear about sister so-and-so? Do you know what brother so-and-so did? Bad news. Now remember, there's three parts to the definition. So if you're, if you're sitting there, you're thinking, well, wait a minute, what if, I, what if I'm doing this? What if I'm doing that? We'll get there, okay? Right now, we're just trying to define it. It's attractive to our sinful nature. Bad news is shameful news. And there's something in us that wants to share it, okay? So now we have two types of bad news. Bad information, bad news about someone. There's a third. Bad news for someone. So a third kind of bad news is neither false or true but is a projection of something bad happening to someone. This happened to King David. In Psalm 41 is he talks about his enemies rejoicing that he got sick. And so he wrote, he wrote this. He said, My enemies say of me in malice. When will he die and his name perish? Whenever one comes to see me, he speaks falsely while his heart gathers slander. Then he goes out and spreads it abroad. All my enemies whisper together against me. They imagine the worst for me. They say a vile disease has beset him. He will never get up from the place where he lies. Scripture talks about this being gossip also. David has not done anything shameful. He's not done anything wrong, but his enemies are two-faced. They come to him and they're like, "Oh, poor David." And then they go out and be like, "Dude, he's about to die." Right? I'm so sorry you're going through this, man. Oh, he deserves everything he gets. Y'all, can you feel that? Do you feel the pressure of that? This thing can get us in trouble. Big time. It's bad news, okay? They say, oh, poor you, and then they go out and spread bad news like he's going to die, and they're happy about it. But there's a second part to the definition, and all three need to kind of come in line here. The second part is it's going to be behind someone's back. By anyone's definition of gossip, it happens behind, when the person you're talking about is not in the room. Can I, can I tell you something? One of the marks, I believe, of a disciple is that when I'm in the room and you're not, I handle you with great care. I believe that's discipleship, church. Jesus handles me with great care in the throne room of heaven when I'm not there. Right? Oh, come on. Come on, what's he doing for you? He's interceding for you, even when you're sinning. In the active place of sin, Jesus is still interceding for you in a room you're not in. Mark A true mark of discipleship is that if you are, in, if you are not in a room, and I am, and your name comes up, you can be assured that I'm going to handle it with care. That's a mark of my discipleship. It's got to be a mark of your discipleship. And you're the only one that will ever know if that happens. It's got to be behind somebody's back. And it's so much easier and way more interesting to talk about someone when they're not around. Isn't it? Before you or I talk about someone who's not present, we should ask some questions. Would I say this if they were here? And not just, like, really, would I say this if they were here? Not just, I'd tell them this. Anybody ever been guilty of saying, don't raise your hand. You ever been guilty of saying, I'll say it if they're here? I catch myself, and, and if I say that, it forces me to slow down and be like, Would you? Holy Spirit is like, Mmm, that's a lie, right? Some of us need the Holy Spirit to be really, really brutally honest with us in some rooms where people aren't. Would I say this? Would I receive this bad news about that person the same way if they were present? Am I hiding this conversation from someone? anybody ever looked out looked out the door just to make sure it wasn't nobody around before you say something? I did that this week after preparing this message. I was like, "Never mind, I can't tell you." I was mad. I was just—I'm fault. I have faults. Y'all can pray for me. Would I want someone else to talk about to talk this way about me if I weren't in the room? Now we have to stop here and make something clear. The Bible's not teaching that we should never talk about people who aren't present, okay? I wanna make that very clear. We can say good things about people who aren't present. In fact, I want people in the room where my name is being spoken and I'm not to want to say good things about me. It's also not saying that parents and teachers and elders and pastors and others will not have to speak about someone when they're not present. This is a biblical principle. There's a biblical principle of warning others and also seeking counsel. I have to be able to go to some trusted people and say, Listen, I don't know how to help someone walk through this. But when we are forced to do that, what's the intent of my heart? That's the question I'm asking. And am I only giving the information that I have to? Okay. Another example of this is if. Your best friend, your best friend's daughter's about to start dating a guy that you know is nothing but trouble. There's some warning there that you can give. But the intent of your heart and the words you choose to say matter. Okay? You can't, you're not going to walk away from here and think, oh, I know exactly how not to gossip now. You're going to have to walk with the Spirit because the definition leaves room for things. Okay? I need you to hear that today. Bearing bad news behind someone's back. There's a third aspect. Gossip comes out of a bad heart. Gossip's caused by something that is wrong in the core of our beings. It's called sin, by the way. Remember, we're attracted to those choice morsels that that Proverbs is talking about. We're attracted to choice, choice morsels of gossip because of something already wrong in our inmost parts. Jesus taught in Matthew 12 that out of the overflow of our heart, what? Our mouth speaks, right? The heart is the control center of the person. Our motives spring from our hearts. Our sinful motivations for speaking about or listening to any form of bad news are what makes gossip sinful. It's, what, it's the challenge. It's why we had to start with our heart. Because it will lead us down a path that will lead that will kill us. Leads us to the most important question we can ask to recognize gossip. It's why. Why am I saying this? Why am I listening to this? Why am I attracted to this bad news? It could be jealousy. It could be anger. It could be hate. It could be boredom. You ever just been bored and get online and look on Facebook and you run into some something on Facebook and and then you call somebody like, did you see that? Paul says, No temptation has seized you except what is common to man, you accept this old way of life, Paul says. If you didn't bring something to write on, I want you to write this down. Okay? You'll never hear me say that again, but this is that important. Okay. I want you to write the word shush up and down. S-H-U-S-H. Okay? Up and down a piece of paper. Come on, everybody ought to be writing. You're gonna miss it if not. You gotta go back and watch it and get it later. Now, that's going to mean something in a minute. I want to get really, really practical with you. Any, 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 shushing is not something we like, but I want you to remember that person that shushed you because when you start gossiping, I want you to see their face. Okay? In case you forgot, look at who you looked at earlier and shush them again. Go ahead, shush, shush them again. Yeah, yeah, you ready? Five things you can do to help you stop speaking gossip. You ready? The first one, say nothing at all. Write that from the first S. Say nothing at all. Proverbs 10, ten nineteen says, When words are many, sin is not absent. But he who holds his tongue is wise. Woo! Proverbs 17, 27 through 28. A man of knowledge uses words with restraint, and a man of understanding is even tempered. Even a fool is thought wise if he keeps silent and discerning if he holds his tongue. Abraham Lincoln said it this way: "It's better to keep your mouth shut and let them think you're a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt." He was a funny guy. It's a good rule for talking, but also for texting, mes- messaging people, emailing, and really any communication where gossip can be present. And that's any communication. This also includes secrets. Proverbs eleven thirteen says, "A gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy man keeps a secret." Now listen, there are exceptions to this. If somebody's going to hurt themselves or someone else, go tell somebody. Okay? But if they're telling you a secret that's not yours to tell anybody else, they're not going to hurt themselves or hurt someone else, just say nothing at all. It's very simple. It causes way more problems when you say stuff. If you've ever gotten the dreaded text message or telephone call, did you tell somebody this you understand what I'm talking about. I've gotten that message more than once in my life and I've had to call and apologize for those things more than once in my life. But if I had somebody looking at me going shhh in the moment, I might not have done it. Because I would have known the first S means what? Say nothing at all! All right, we're going to keep going. The H in shush means to highlight the highs. Ephesians 4:29 tells us to speak words that are helpful for building others up that means offering encouragement okay offering commendation, offering affirmation and, and approving words if we're tempted to talk about somebody then we should talk about the person's good points. There's this old word we used to use called edification anybody ever heard that word we don't use it much anymore around the church we just we just don't it's just I mean we say it other ways but Edification, it communicates that our words can make someone feel as solid as a house or decimate a person the way a wrecking ball could. Edification does not mean that we lie about someone, just that we focus on the positive and build them up from there. We call this at Life Church, you've heard, you're gonna, you've, you've heard it this way choosing kingdom trust. Choosing to believe the best about someone even when they're showing us their worst. Okay? That's the second thing we can do. Highlight the highs. Third thing, unleash grace when all, when when you can't do anything else. Unleash grace because you've been showing grace. Ephesians four twenty nine goes on and ends by saying that we may minister grace unto the hearers. Grace is undeserved or unmerited favor. Righteous living takes more imagination than wicked living because it doesn't come naturally to us. So how can we unleash grace instead of unloading gossip? Well, instead of gossip, you can tell a good story. Instead of gossip, you can teach something useful. Tell a funny joke. Talk about the weather. Share a joy of yours. Just say something that benefits those who are listening and doesn't put something poisonous inside of them that leads them to sin. Worship team, you can come. Unleash grace. The next thing is you can speak to the person not about the person come on when there's a problem between us and another person the overwhelming temptation is to run to another person just about anybody other than that person and the way forward in conflict is not to talk about the other person but to talk to them Matthew 5 24, Jesus says, Listen, if you find yourself at odds with somebody, even if you've come to, to, to give a sacrifice, you go to that brother. You stop what you're doing, you go find that person. So we talk to the person, not about. Speak to the person, not about. This is hard to do, but remember, this is about the new you. We're talking about laying aside the old things. Have you ever seen a toddler learn how to walk and talk? A baby learn how to walk and talk? It's not easy. In fact, it's funny. Long as they're not getting hurt, they say a word, they use a word in the wrong context, or say say, and they can't get it fully out. We think it's cute. We record it. I remember the first time one of my daughters said "disgusting." <laughs> I can barely say "disgusting," and she's sitting at my I can't kid you not at my mom and dad's house eating the dinner that my mom cooked. And my mom takes things in stride. If you've ever met my mom, you know. She, she, she just laughed. But whatever was on her plate, I don't even remember what it was now. And they were sitting. I remember the table they're sitting at. That table's in my garage. It belonged to my grandparents, my grandmother. And I remember her sitting at that table and she got ready. She put her fork down in that thing and she just, oh, that's disgusting. She didn't say it quite like that. But everybody in the room knew what she was saying. Okay? It can be funny, but in the faith, when we're learning to walk and we're learning to talk, it's important that we learn to do it the right way. It's important that we model it the right way. If you've got a problem, go speak to the person. Stop talking about them. Don't find somebody to talk about them with. If you need counsel, go seek counsel. I'm not telling you not to go ask somebody for help. I'm telling you, make sure the attitude of your heart is right when you do. And you give them just what they need to counsel you. And then you go to that person. It's what Paul's talking about with the Colossians. He says, I need you to walk differently, talk differently, because you are not the same person you were when you died to sin. You are raised to new life, church. you got to speak to, not about. I got to give a disclaimer here. I got to give disclaimers through this whole message. I'm not talking about reporting a crime. I'm not talking about going to somebody's parents because what is happening or what what it, what a child is doing is harmful to themselves. I'm talking about when we just choose not to speak to someone and go and talk about them. It's not the way that Christ laid out for us to live. This is also where those warnings we talked about earlier comes in. In general, speak to people not about them unless you're unleashing grace or highlighting the highs. When all else fails and you can't do those four things, there's one last thing you can do. Use your mouth, your words, your tongue to honor God. Paul ends this spot this, this, this what, where we read in Colossians with saying, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. Always give thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. When all else fails, church, we can always use our words to glorify the Lord. Instead of gossiping, we can talk to each other, sing to one another, give thanks, share a testimony, pray and worship with our mouths. So what can we do to defy this dangerous sin and deny it a place in our lives? You can shush. You can remember the face of the person beside you going, shh. Say nothing at all. Highlight the highs. Unleash grace. Like you've never unleashed it before. Speak to the person, not about them, and honor God with your words. That's as practical as I can get. Hang that on your mirror, your refrigerator, put it in your car. I don't care what you got to do. Walk around with a, a piece of paper in your hand every day in your pocket that says, shush. Remember this. This ought to be, listen, this ought to be something that informs how you talk as you continue to grow in the Lord. By the way, no matter how long we've been in the faith, we got to continue to grow. So Paul's telling the Colossians. You are a new creation. Learn how to walk, learn how to talk. And just when you think you've got it, ask yourself the questions. <laughs> Do I really have it? Because the intent of your heart matters drastically in this whole thing. Shush. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. If today you're here and you don't know Jesus, You're off the hook for just a second. I started this by saying the unpopular opinion is that the the dangerous sin of gossip is something that is so prevalent in the church. And I'm not talking about the building or the group, I'm talking about individuals, us, in the church and in our world. And we act like it's not a big deal, but When we speak gossip, when we listen to gossip, when we take part in gossip, we step on a landmine waiting to explode and hurt those around us and us. And the pressure that you put on this thing now, the only way to stop it (laughs) is to have never stepped there in the first place. to have not put the pressure on except Jesus. He takes the pressure and the weight when we turn to him and give him our hearts. He says, this thing that's about to explode and destroy, I've got it. And he allows us the opportunity to repent and step off of that thing. And he knows how stop it. So with heads bowed and eyes closed, I want to ask this. Are you in the room and this idea of gossip, this bad news behind someone's back out of a bad heart convicts you. The Holy Spirit has said to you, hey listen, there's some areas that you can grow here and I need you to repent. I need you to turn away from these things. That's what repent means to turn around and leave them behind. To stop following your heart and start following Jesus and give up this thing. If you're in the room, heads bowed and eyes closed, this is between you and God, and you say, you know what, I need to repent today of gossip, I need to shush. I want you to just lift up your hand and keep it up for a second. Come on, you're not going to be alone. There's hands going up all over the place. There's a reality in this. There's a reality. And listen, you and I are called to repent. It doesn't mean you're not saved when you need to repent. It just means you're you're turning away from this thing. You're telling God, hey, your life is better than mine. I'm following you. Jesus, you see every hand, you know every heart. If you've got your hand raised, I want you just to begin to to repent. Tell them you're sorry. Ask him to forgive you and help you turn away from this thing because it's going to be hard. It's not easy to shush. It's not easy to say nothing at all when you want to talk. It's not easy to highlight the highs, unleash grace, speak to and not about, and honor God with our words. It's hard. And Jesus, we need you to help us shush. Holy Spirit, we ask you to go with us every word, every moment, everything we say, everything we do. Holy Spirit, let it run through a filter. Let it run through your filter. Slow us down. Because we are a new creation, learning to talk, learning to walk. Teach us your ways, Lord. Forgive us in this room, those who've raised their hand, those who maybe, Lord, didn't raise their hand, but in the moment say, you know what? I need that type of forgiveness in my life right now. So that we can begin to share the gospel and not the gossip. The good news and not the bad news. Don't, don't. Don't let that be lost on you today. The gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. Gossip is all bad news. Today, Father, help us to shush. Lord, we love you and we praise you. And it's in your name we pray. Now, continue with heads bowed and eyes closed. Maybe you're in the room and you would say, you know what? I hear what you're saying. And that's one thing. But I want to come back to this landmine. That's what sin is. It's pressure that we've applied and we can't get out of because if we move our foot, if we move ourselves, we're going to blow up and we're going to blow up everyone around us. But Jesus has already switched places with you. And he's already put the exact amount of pressure to keep that thing from blowing up. So that you can step off of it. So that you can begin to walk his way. Learn how to walk in a new way. Learn how to talk in a new way. And the mistakes that you've made while they're still a part of your life. While they're still a part of what make you who you are. While they're still there. He says, I am taking the pressure of those. And I want to forget. you You can let him into your life. Give your heart over to him, your life over to him. Ask him to save you. Tell him that you know that he died for you, rose again for you. That's exactly what he did. Stepped out of heaven so that you and I would never have to spend a moment outside of the presence of God again. This morning, if you're here and you're feeling that weight, you're feeling that pressure, you know your life is lived with one foot on a landmine waiting for that to explode. Jesus says, I've got the way out. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And the pressure that you put on that, that thing that that you feel like is going to blow up, I have more for you than that. And he offers you salvation, offers you what he has as a free gift this morning. If you're here and you would say, I need Jesus. I need him to save me. I don't want to be in danger of being outside the presence of God. I don't want to have to live with those sins and those things. Because I know Jesus has already stood in my place. And I want to acknowledge him today as my savior. I want you to slip up your hand. I need Jesus. Come on, there's hands. Three hands. Any more? There you go. Any more? Any more? If you raised your hand, I want you to do this. I just want you to begin to surrender to Jesus. Just tell him, Lord, I'm stepping off of that and letting you take the pressure because you offered to do it. And Lord, I know that you can handle it better. You already handled it better. Sin has no power over you. And it no longer has a power over me. Forgive me of my sins. Help me to turn away from those things. You pray however you want to pray. Help me to turn away from those things today and towards you, Jesus. I give my life to you today. Your prayer, not mine, you, but, but something along those effects. I'm just giving you a model. You pray, Jesus, today I am yours. Forgive me of my sins and let me walk your way, talk your way. Help me to become that new creation that your word talks about. I believe in you today and I know you died for me and I know you rose again and that you are the way, the truth, and the life. Now, here's what I want you to do. Look at me. If you prayed that prayer, I want you to find somebody. To find me. Find one of the staff members, one of these who are on stage. Somebody. And let us know. I gave my heart to the Lord today. We want to we help you and in, in disciple that and move forward in that because it's not just about this moment. It's about the next moment. If you're here today and you know Jesus and you heard the word about gossip and whether you raised your hand or not, can I just... Invite the Holy Spirit to shush you (laughs) when you need to be shushed. Amen? Amen. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. Don't forget to visit us at LifeChurchROA on Instagram and Facebook for updates, service times, and ways to get involved. If you made a decision to follow Jesus today, we would love to partner with you on your next steps. Visit LifeChurchROA.org slash Jesus to learn more. We love you and we can't wait to see you soon.